The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. John. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to his disciples, In a short time you will no longer see me, and then a short time later you will see me again. Then some of his disciples said to one another, What does he mean? In a short time you will no longer see me, and then a short time later you will see me again. And I am going to the Father. What is this short time? We don't know what he means. Jesus knew that they wanted to question him, so he said, You are asking one another what I meant by saying, In a short time you will no longer see me, and then a short time later you will see me again. I tell you most solemnly, you will be weeping and wailing while the world will rejoice. You will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will turn to joy. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Let's be seated. Okay, so we spoke about Pope John I, and I might circle back to him briefly at the end. But what season are we in church-wise? Do you know? It starts with E. Yeah, good, Easter, good. We're in the season of Easter, which is the celebration of what? Not Easter eggs. No, not just... It it can't celebrate itself. It's, It's pointing to something else. Pointing to someone else and something that happened in that person's life that now affects all of our lives. Yeah, but you know that, right? Come on, everyone knows that. So please, I actually like kids who chat back, okay? So don't feel like you're being disrespectful. I want you to answer these questions. Easter is about the resurrection. Okay. Um, and Easter goes for 50 days. I don't know if you know that, but Lent is a 40 day preparation for Easter. And then Easter is a bigger celebration than Lent, okay? It's 50 days. Um, And Easter, if you like, is divided into two parts. Before, I don't want to give away the punchline, but we're coming to the end of the first part. The second part, we say, is the ascension of Jesus, which means he ascended, he went up bodily. Now, this is really important, and it's important for what we believe about Christ and what we believe about ourselves, sharing in the life of Christ. Firstly, what is resurrection? How is it distinct from just what we call resuscitation? Because Jesus raised people from the dead, but they weren't resurrected in the strict sense. There's stories in the Gospels. There's someone named Jairus and his daughter was sick and she died and Jesus said, don't worry, she's just sleeping and he brings her back to life. And then there's Lazarus. You've heard the story of Lazarus in the tomb for three days, four days I think it was actually. And... um, And Jesus says again, don't worry, he's just sleeping. He always uses this term because for Jesus, dying is as as scary as going to sleep. Does anyone, is anyone scared to go to sleep? No, because you know you're gonna wake up in the morning or you trust you're gonna wake up in the morning. So death really is a kind of falling asleep for people of faith. Um, But then Jesus doesn't say to his disciples, hey, I'm gonna go to Jerusalem and I'm gonna be arrested and I'm gonna go to sleep. He doesn't say that. He says, I will be killed, I will die, I will be buried, and in three days I'll rise again. The people there, they, they had, there were different people with different beliefs, but some of them believed in rising, you know, at the end of time, sure, there's a resurrection, okay. That's not what Jesus did. It wasn't the end of time when he came out of the tomb. It was three days after they crucified him. The most gruesome display that anyone in that world could see 
you know, crucifixion wasn't just putting someone to death. It was utterly humiliating them. It was a Roman way of stamping authority on the people. At, at certain times, Rome would just have the streets lined with crucified people. And they'd be up there, not dead yet, but writhing around in horrible pain. Um, why did Rome do this? Because Rome was powerful. And Rome was basically saying, if you mess with us, you'll be up there. So don't. Don't try it. It was a big authority play. You see what I'm saying? So Jesus underwent the cross and died um, and then rose. And, and this was not what anyone was expecting. It was a bodily resurrection. And if you look at the Gospels, you look at the resurrection accounts, he's continually asserting his physical, concrete bodiliness. He says to Thomas, look at the wounds where they pierced me. You can put your hands there. That's where the nails went. This is where the spear went. Um, he sees them when they're eating a meal. And he says, give me one of those fish. And he eats the fish. So he's not a ghost. He's not an illusion. He's somehow physically with them. And yet somehow different, you know, in a different nature. Anyway, that's the majority of Easter, right? Jesus is appearing to his followers, um, risen from the dead assuring them that death is not the end and not in some metaphorical sense but literally right now death is not a threat to you um, it's like a door you're going to have to pass through all of us do the second half of easter is what we call the ascension and you're going to hear it if you hear the readings at mass um, i think the best encounter is when mary magdalene is at the tomb and um, jesus is there and she holds on to him and he says mary let go of me I've not yet ascended to the Father. Let go of me because I'm going to go bodily, not just spiritually, but his very physical self is going to be raised somewhere. That's weird. That's really weird. Where does the body of Jesus go? Like what, up, up on Saturn's rings? Where, where did he go? <laughs> he went somewhere because it was a physical reality. Like he had a weight. He had dimensions. He had a, a, a skin color, you know what I mean? But somehow it was ascended deeper into reality. That's at the heart of what he's saying in this farewell discourse, really. He's saying bye to his disciples because before long he's going to be put to death and he's going to be raised. And so he's, he's telling them a lot of stuff they don't understand, but they will understand it in time. The church has come to understand it in time. In a short time, you will no longer see me. Then, a short time later, you will see me. Somehow we need to peel back the veils of our eyes and see that Jesus is more present to us now, especially in the sacrament, than he was ever close to his disciples. And like they knew him pretty well. <laughs> they knew him really well. They'd spend long days with him. They'd you know, sleep in his vicinity. They'd sit on his every word. But we are gathered closer to the Lord now than they were. Yes, we are. He comes closer to us than we are to ourselves, which is a mysterious thing, but somehow make yourselves open to it because it's a beautiful reality here. Now, um, I just want to say one thing in closing. We heard that reading from Paul. Now, Paul is both a Jew and a Roman, and he's traveling around proclaiming and really debating with the people about who the Christ is. This is really interesting. He says... Um, he was a tent maker. He stayed with these people, Priscilla and Aquila, we heard that read. And he found out they were tent makers, so he made tents with them. That was like his day job. And at night, he'd go to the synagogue, and there'd be crowds of people, a lot of them who knew the scriptures, a lot of them who didn't know the scriptures, 
and he would debate with them, listen, about who the Christ is, which means who the anointed one of God is. That's what Christ means, anointed one. Who is he? Um, there were many Christs, but in a certain way, Jesus is this definitive Christ, which means, you know what an avatar is? Like someone who you see their outward appearance, but inwardly they're someone else. Well, Jesus isn't just an avatar for Christ. Jesus is the anointed one they were waiting for. God actually came and became flesh with them. That's a huge, that's a huge thing to get straight. And Paul was debating with these people about it, Jews, Greeks, everyone, um, that Jesus himself is the Christ. Why is that important? And why does it relate to what St. John happened to be saying today? Because for St. John, the Pope, the debate in the church at his time, and it was a big one, it really rocked the church, was that Jesus wasn't who we know him to be, wasn't really God who came to be with us. And think about this. If Jesus was someone other than God, God, never, God doesn't really care very much about us. You know, He sent someone else to... It's like a king who says, hey, I'm not going to visit my people, but here's my steed. <laughs> he can ride out and visit you and spend some time with you, but I'm too busy. This isn't our God. The Father, the Son, the Spirit, one God, comes to be closer to us than we are to ourselves, enters into our reality, and that's Jesus. I want to I show this to you. I read it. It was in today's office. But this is in closing. I know I'm talking a lot today. Listen to this. Arianism was an issue, thinking that Jesus is just a creature. He's not, he's not the same person as God. Another issue was, was this thing where Jesus and Christ were seen as two different people. Think about this for a second. Imagine you've got Jesus Christ, and people look at him and say, yeah, but he's really two people kind of fused together. And the one we worship is Christ, but Jesus doesn't matter. This is not the church's belief, right? This is not the church of belief. So listen to this. If Christ lives in you, this is Paul, by the way, writing to the Romans, the same Paul here. If Christ lives in you, then although the body be a dead thing, the spirit is a living thing by virtue of our justification. Now listen to this. If the spirit, now it's talking about the Holy Spirit, Father, Son, and Spirit, they're all God. If the spirit who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, then he who raised up Jesus Christ, one person, he who raised up Jesus Christ from the dead will give life to your perishable, body, perishable bodies also for the sake of the Spirit who dwells in you. In the ascension, we believe that Jesus, it's not just about him dying and rising, but he dies, he rises, and then he ascends, and he is like the head of this, his body. You, as baptized people, are members of the body of Christ, which means where the head goes, the body follows. If the head has ascended into heaven, and he has, bodily, then it means you, as members of his body, will physically be drawn up into the heavenly reality. This is like really powerful, beautiful stuff. Um, it might be melting your brains a little bit, but sit with it. Sit with it and say, God, bring me into that reality, whatever it is. I desire to enjoy the fullness of life by your spirit dwelling in me.